Hello and welcome to Good Robot Andy's Season 7 Episode 8. My name is Andy Balaam and this is... Andy Cockerell. And the piece of media that we're going to talk about tonight is... Is a movie and it's called Leave No Trace. Leave No Trace. Um, yes. I, I, it's based entirely on the title and knowing absolutely nothing about the film. I'm going to give you a review. Um, it's spooky. They're mostly in the woods. <coughs> um, the main character is wearing a nightdress the whole time. Uh, someone turns out to have been a ghost all the way through. Ooh. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> um, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you but you are on the money about the woods. Okay, okay, okay. Right. Um right. So I have left it there. I've got some I've got some any other right, business. Right, right. Let's do the any other business. Any other business. I know it's somewhat trite to be talking about people dying because there are a lot of people dying of of coronavirus. If you're listening in the future, listener, we're still under lockdown. Um because of this thing called coronavirus that's around at the moment. But I wanted to talk about an actor who died very recently, uh, Brian Dennehy. So um, uh, I think uh, I think that, that people who who sort of became familiar with movies in the nineteen eighties and nineties would be familiar with Brian Dennehy. Is that he was a very busy actor in that period of time? Give me some film names. Uh, okay, so a cocoon. Also, Cocoon the Return. I think he's in the sequel to that. I'm just going to look through his filmography now, actually, for the for the 80s and 90s. I'm not sure, I've um, seen Cocoon. Uh, Silverado, Finders Keepers, Gorky Park. That's a good one. I've heard of it. Not seen it. He's in First Blood. What Rambo? The Sheriff. Yes. Right. Haven't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've seen any um, of them. Uh, and then I'm looking down here. Uh, he was in Peter Greenaway's movie. The Belly of an Architect, which is honestly one of my favourite one of my favourite movies, but but it it took this to sort of look through his filmography to remind me that it's one of my favourite movies. Um, so he was um, a very distinctive looking guy, so quite tall, stocky build. Or I think he had grey hair. Uh, certainly, I remember having having grey hair for sort of the time that he was um, in the eighties and nineties. Um, he was um, also in uh, Baz Luhrmann's Romeo Plus Juliet. Right, 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 right. Which I've um, seen that. Yeah, I mean, it's I think it's pretty good. It's okay. Romeo Plus, Plus Juliet. Um, it's certainly got guns in it, which is you know, mm-hmm. which is cool. I mean, it's not the Matrix. It's not the Matrix. That is true. Uh, but he plays Ted Montague. In that, uh, presumably the head of the Montague family. I don't actually remember him being it. I remember, I remember um, the uh, the Capulet, the head of the Capulet household, who was not a nice man <laughs> at all. Um, so for me, he was kind of a an omnipresent uh, actor in the eighties and nineties. Fantastic performer, I think. Um, one of the one of the greatest sort of exponents of show me don't tell me acting naturalistic acting i would put him in the same kind of um ballpark as gene hackman yeah mm. i think he's that good you know he's sort of um 
a great presence, a really amazing presence on film. So if you wanted to go check him out, what would you watch first? Oh, okay. So I think if you wanted to check him out and just go for pure entertainment, I'd probably go for Cocoon. Right, right, right. In which right. he plays Walter. I suppose it's, it's, like a bit, the, it's a bit fun, right? Cocoon? Yeah, it's Ron Howard. I think it's Ron Howard, Cocoon. I'm Maybe just going to check and see. Uh, it's Ron Howard, yeah. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's about aliens on Earth who <clears throat> who are in cocoons and a bunch of old folks who swim in the water that these cocoons are in and the old folks get really young and kind of vibrant kind of thing. Um, it's a lot of fun. <clears throat> it's light entertainment, but Brian Denner, he's great in it. So I'd probably start there. So I think then, fun, fun light movies are, are good for quite a lot of people movies. during lockdown. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think if you want something a bit more interesting and challenging, I'd go for Gorky Park, directed by Michael, British director Michael Apted. That's a sort of twisty, turny <clears throat> intrigue in Russia kind of thing. Okay. So he's in that. Um, then I'd go to movie called FX, F slash X, mm-hmm. in which he plays um, a police lieutenant. That's good fun. Then I'd go for Peter Greenaway's The Belly of an Architect, which I talked about just a moment ago. That's fantastic. I mean, if you're not familiar with Peter Greenaway's work, he's an art, a British art movie director <clears throat> who, <clears throat> who at his peak managed to assemble really good casts for his movies. So I would say sort of a list casts for these um, for these fairly arty art house movies that he made. Uh, Greenaway made um, the Cook, the Thief, the Wife and Her Lover, mm-hmm. which is quite a famous movie with Michael Gamble and Helen Mirren. Uh, then there's a movie called Bestseller. That's that's good fun. Uh, then there's the sequel to Cocoon, which isn't as good. That's Cocoon: The Return. This is a lot. FX Two. From 1991. Then, oh yeah, Romeo plus Juliet is worth a look. I think he's got a fairly small role in that, though, to be honest. After that, it all gets a little bit thin after that, really. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there, but... Um, that's enough for listener to be going along with. Yeah, that's although um, uh, Night of Cups from 2015, which is a Terence Malick movie. I've heard of that as well. Uh Honestly, I love Knight of Cups, but I do not expect listener to love it. Uh, it's not one of those things where it's like, it's a stone cold classic. I can absolutely understand why people would hate it. Okay, okay. But I uh, I'm intrigued when I watched it. And well, maybe we should talk about it on a future pod, or, or I'm not sure it warrants a whole pod. Right. But it is definitely worth discussing on a future pod as a kind of... Uh, films that polarise opinion. Right, yeah, maybe think, we could uh, have a series. Let's put it that way. So that's Brian Denny, who died very recently, mm. of um, a heart attack brought on by sepsis, which is... Uh, sounds unpleasant. <laughs> that's, your, um, that's your fortnightly dose of death. Yes. Uh, but he, w- he also did a great deal of television as well. So, you know, he was busy, busy actor. Mm. Okay, um, so some, yeah. someone asked this on Mastodon, and you have to try and answer with the first thing that comes into your head. Okay. And then I'll tell you my answer. Okay. Uh, what's your feel-good movie? Oh, wow. Um, 
I think it's probably probably a Pixar. I think it's Toy Story. Right, 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 okay, that makes a lot of sense. So the thing that came to my head straight away, which I feel really is really right in some sense, was mm. Train to Busan. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, it's pretty bleak. Yeah, I think maybe because like to really feel good, you have to have a really good cry. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, a good cry does so, does get uh, it out of you, doesn't it? I don't it? know why that, that just it's still like it came into my head when I saw the question, and mm. I feel I feel I still feel that it's the right answer. So I think yeah, Toy I think when good. I watch uh, when I watch Toy Story, I feel optimistic for for the human race. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I, and then I stop watching Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put the White House press conference on. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. Um, let's hope that listener hasn't injected themselves with Dettol. Yeah, yet. yeah, yeah. On that note. Anyway, shall we move on to the movie? Let's do it. Remind me what okay. it's called. Uh, leave no trace. Leave no trace. Um, could possibly be a brand of um, antibacterial wipe. <laughs> don't inject which it, is, listener. Which is topical, yeah. Don't eat them. Don't inject them. <laughs> don't shine any lights inside your body. Uh, well, you can do that, I think. Oh, okay. You, you can shine lights, like a torch. Okay. You can shine lights inside your body. News just Yeah, in. but don't put them inside your body. Don't expect it to do any good. No. No, indeed. No, because it won't. It's not possible. Um, so you were right about the woods with Leave No Trace, but right. th- that was it. Right. That was like one out So of the main character doesn't wear like a, a very see-through nightdress? No. Indeed, no. Okay. So Leave No Trace is a 2018, so fairly up to date. Um, this For is us. an interesting one because I, w- when I thought about it today, I thought, have I done this on the podcast? <laughs> We've done a lot. You have to check back sometimes, don't you? And I did. I went back through the RSS feed and checked, and I haven't done it. Okay, so, okay. so that was useful. Um, done the directed witch. by Deborah. I always think Deborah of Woods when when I think of the witch. Oh, definitely. Okay, okay. Still haven't yeah. seen it. Have, have you seen the witch? You haven't no. seen the witch. The, the Vuvuvich. No. It's been on TV, so I think I have played. I have played yeah. VVVVV. Okay. The game. Right. Yeah, it's retro. Okay. Um, directed by Deborah Granick and written by Granick and Anna Rossellini, based on the novel My Abandonment by Peter Rock. And the plot follows a military veteran father with post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD, played by Ben Foster, who lives in the forest with his young daughter, played by Thomasin McKenzie, who has uh, been in a movie that we talked about couple of pods ago which was jojo rabbit right i thought the name rang a bell okay so she played the um the jewish girl who is uh locked away in the attic ah yes um the novel is based on a true story it premiered at the 2018 sundance film festivals theatrically released by bleecker street on june the 29th 2018 it received universal critical acclaim with praise for the performances of Foster and Mackenzie, and after Paddington 2, it is the second most reviewed film to hold an approval rating of 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. 100%? Yeah. So, yeah, the second most... So Paddington 2 has the most reviews and is still 100%. So that's that's based on people who, are, who review things for a living. 
Yes. Uh, well, no, I think Rotten Tomatoes is that, and it's also just um, regular cinema goers as well. Okay, okay. 100%. Yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. Almost as so, good as Paddington 2. Almost as good as Paddington 2, but not quite. Well, actually, no, it is. It's got 100%. It just hasn't got as many reviews. Well, almost as um, rock solid. Reviewed. Good. Uh, yes. We have almost um, the same confidence level we, as we do <laughs> that Paddington 2 is perfect. So uh, the plot is that Will, played by Ben Foster, is an Iraq War veteran suffering from PTSD. They live in a public park in Portland, Oregon. Everything's in they Portland, li- Oregon at the moment. Everything is in Portland, Oregon. They live in isolation, only entering town occasionally for food and supplies. Is that because everything is traumatic for him? Yeah, he just cannot function in society at all. Okay. Um, Will makes their money by selling his uh, veteran-issued painkillers to other veterans, which I'm not sure is legal, (laughs) but that's how he makes his money. Um, But after he is spotted, uh, after Tom, uh, the daughter, is spotted in the woods by a jogger, she and Will are arrested and placed in social services. I see. They weren't allowed to live where they were living. No. So they were living in a public park, not in the forest, you know, just like forest that isn't claimed. So they're living in a public park, which is not legal. Mm-hmm. But also she should be in school and isn't in school. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- so they're given food and a house on a Christmas tree farm in rural Oregon. He begrudgingly begins work packaging trees, but is bothered by the helicopters used to move them. So, you know, he just kind of has a bit of bit of a flashback to, mm. to Iraq. Um, Tom connects with a boy who's building his own tiny house, and he introduces her to his 4-H club. I'm not really sure what that is. I have seen this movie, by the way, <laughs> but um, I'm just reading the synopsis that we'll talk about. Um so one morning, Will decides to leave the Christmas tree um, place, um, Christmas tree farm. Tom follows reluctantly, but she's starting to get fed up with this. Mm-hmm. She wants and that's to mainly have because, time with humans. Yeah. Uh, you know, she goes along with what he does because, you know, he's her dad and mum isn't around. How old is she? Uh, I think she's about 13, 14. So, you know, just on the cusp of either being very sociable or wanting to lock yourself in a way in your room. Or both. Or, or both, maybe. Yes, indeed. Um, so he decides to leave. They return to their camp in the park, but they find it's been destroyed. Uh, they're not sure by whom, but mm-hmm. I suspect it's probably the authorities who did it. Mm-hmm. They catch a ride with a trucker who takes them to Washington State and drops them off in a remote area. So they make a makeshift tent. However, next day they discover a vacant cabin and they move in. <laughs> okay. Um, so Will leaves to find food but doesn't return. And the next morning she discovers him unconscious at the bottom of a hill. So he's fallen down. She gets help from the locals who take them to their mobile home community. So they're kind of also living mm-hmm. somewhat off grid, but less so than than Will and Tom are. Um, Tom refuses to let Will be taken to a hospital. Um, And a local woman calls 
uh, an, a former army medic and fellow PTSD sufferer who treats Will's leg and lends him a service dog. So they stay there and Tom really starts to like this life of living with this in this community. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But eventually Will insists that they leave. Right. And Tom protests, telling him the same that's the same thing that's wrong with you isn't wrong with me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a really powerful scene, actually, towards mm-hmm. the end of the movie. Because she loves him. She wants what, what's best for him, but what what is but what is best for him isn't necessarily best for her. Yeah. Um So they part ways and Tom returns to the community and Will returns to the woods. So it's a very, very simple story. Is that the end? But that's the end. Yeah, I just summed it up very quickly, right. but but it's a very simple story, but what makes it work is the is the performances of these two actors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Ben Foster's a, an actor who I've he's been on my radar for quite a few years now. Um so he was in a sh- an HBO show called 6 Feet Under. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In which he played the love interest of the daughter oh. the younger the younger daughter. We um, um he pl- we stopped he about halfway through series 2 because it was too sad. Too bleak. <laughs> it, it was so close to the bone. Yeah. Um, there was no escapism to it because it was just a kind of awful, horrible thing that really happens. Yes, and it was I so really enjoyed it. It was beautifully really done it. and so um, believable. Yeah, it's very, very well made. It's very, show, very sad. If listener hasn't seen it, I'm sure it's all of um, it's all available on DVD, um, etc. Yeah, uh, be it's warned. HBO. Yeah, I mean it. It doesn't pull any punches. It's um, it's a tough watch, six feet under, but it's so very sad. interesting. Yeah, it is sad. It is sad, and it's it's got some interesting actors in it as well. So, um, yeah, but I would Michael say C. Hall. It's well worth, even if you can only handle the first series. That's it's still well worth, worth having it, a go at that because that's that's got the main hook in it. You know, the main thing about the show is in there. Yeah, so you have got Michael C. Hall, isn't it? Um, as the initially closeted brother, um, he went on to be in a show called Dexter. Yes, he's been in some movies since then. You got Ben Foster, who is obviously the the star of Leave No Trace, the movie we're talking about now. Um, and then Richard Jenkins, who is who was in uh, among other things, The Shape of Water. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you know, it's got a really strong cast who would go on to do some really interesting stuff. Uh, after six feet under, but anyway, yeah. So Ben Foster was a was a cast regular on Six Feet Under, and Thomas and Mackenzie is um, just a wonderful, incredibly natural screen presence, and they both give very naturalistic, believable performances in in this movie. Mm. Um, also, the the scenery is stunning. So you know the forest and the woods seem to have a life of their own. Um, in a kind of similar way to a movie we talked about maybe like three years ago now, which was Swiss Army Man. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> I which I that. must watch again, actually. I really enjoyed Swiss Army Man. Yeah, that, uh, that dialed the weird up to the max. Definitely a strange movie, but I think uh, talking about it in the way that I did doesn't really do it justice. <laughs> 
because it is so strange and yet so profoundly moving. Um, but uh, yeah, Leave No Trace is very much set in the real world, very much grounded in that way. And it's about it's about Will and Tom's relationship. And, you know, if you imagine a relationship between two people as a piece of string, uh, and the movie starts where that, that piece of string is solid, and then as the movie goes on, it starts to fray. Right. and become kind of ragged and then at the end it snaps uh and it's like that their relationship is like that is it it um it starts out strong but it it very quickly unravels it's interesting because you 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 gave quite a dry description of the plot but through that it i immediately felt like understood why you would want to watch it yeah because that's what it's all about it's about their relationship and and that final line from the movie the same thing that's wrong with you isn't wrong with me it is that is what it's all about mm. is that is that tom sorry will drives their lives because of what's happened to him yeah and he he and because of what's happened to him he gives no thought for tom's needs mm. that's not because he's a callous man it's because he's a damaged man and he's not he's never taken care of himself um, he's he's stuck in a moment, to, to paraphrase a song. Um, he's stuck in a moment that he can't get out of. And I don't know whether he doesn't want to or he's unable to do so. Right. So I was going to ask: Is it so? This this living away from everyone, it's not actually helping, right? No. It's just, no. It's just it's running away. It's just easing the. the so he problem. he has PTSD. PTSD. Um, and uh, he doesn't seek counselling he doesn't seek help you know the only people that he talks to really are the other veterans that he sells the drugs to mm-hmm. and they're in the same situation that he is so mm-hmm. they're also living off the grid mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a really sad story but it does have an upbeat ending in that Tom takes charge of her own destiny. And instead of going on with what he wants to do, she takes charge of her own destiny and says, no, I'm going to stay here because this is where I think my future is. Or, or may, but, it's, but my future isn't with you right. anymore. And is that a good place? It does seem to be a good place, yeah. It seems like the people there have their stuff together right, right, right. and they look out for each other. And they they have a semblance of civilization, so it's a mobile home community rather than just living in tents. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of places like that up in the Pacific Northwest because it's such a vast area um, of of forest that uh, you know you could quite easily lose yourself in there. Mm. Um, so uh, director Deborah Granick's an interesting. Um, interesting woman so she uh, she is famous for discovering people um so okay. she 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 cast Jennifer Lawrence in her debut movie which was called Winter's Bone uh-huh which is the first movie i ever saw um Jennifer Lawrence in it was obviously it was a debut performance mm-hmm. 
Um, but she cast her on the basis of somebody taking a photo of Jennifer Lawrence in New York. <laughs> and that's just, it's just pure luck. And Jennifer Lawrence had never had any acting experience before she did that movie. What was but she? So took a photo of her. Um, I don't know. I think she was just in New York and somebody took a photo of her and, and it ended up on a casting director's desk. I mean, what was she in later? Like, Oh, The Hunger Games. From? It's probably her oh, most okay. famous. Okay. I haven't thing. seen that. Oh, they're good movies. Okay. Yeah, definitely worth it. They're, you know, they're, they're the granddaddy of, I think I said this last time, the granddaddy of YA films yeah. is The Hunger Games. Uh, certainly the best, the best of them, I think. Okay. Um, so, yeah, she discovered Jennifer Lawrence, Vera Farmiga, and Thomas and McKenzie. So she's got an eye for talent. And, uh, you know, an eye and an ear for talent. Even uh, even from a photo. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So her films deal with the issues of personal strength and willpower. Um, and trying to find something in yourself to deal with the situation. She cites Mike Lee, Ken Loach, Shane Meadows, the Dardenne brothers, as major influences, which are some solid influences. Mm-hmm. Um, and on Leave No Trace, she said what drew her to it was that she realised while reading it that one of the turning points in a girl's coming of age is coming to terms with the fact that as much as you may care about someone, you can't necessarily save them or even help them. Mm-hmm. You can be loving and tolerant, but you can't fix them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really true, though, mm. is that you cannot fix someone they need to fix themselves you can maybe push them in the right direction but if they don't want to go there then you can't force them you know that song which one fix you <laughs> yes i used to think that song said i won't try to fix you and i but thought it doesn't, well does that's it? a healthy sentiment i really approve of that no it, it is doesn't a say sentiment. that it says it says i will try. i will try to fix you it's like no don't try to fix me and that I'm is an broken. unhealthy sentiment yeah it doesn't Indeed. work. Uh, so this is her most recent um, movie. Um, so you and, think she's uh, done it again? With um, I think she's done it again. Yeah, I think. I mean, I have seen Winter's Bone. Her, her I found it to be a tough. I found it to be a tough watch, but I think, I think Leave No Trace is a much better movie than Winter's Bone. Okay. Um. It's, re- I mean, it's almost perfect. In the in the way that the, I was going to see how what the running time is and see if it, uh, yeah, hundred and nine minutes. So it's not long. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost perfect in its execution and story arc. There's not really anything wrong with it. it yeah, you know, it's hard to find a flaw with it really, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's all about that relationship, which is the core of the movie. So sounds good. That is, let's leave no trace. Sounds good, but it sounds like I'd have to summon up the emotional energy to watch it. Um, it's not a hard watch. It's you know, let's go for our yardstick of a hard watch, <laughs> which is um, requiem for a dream. <laughs> it's definitely not that. No, no, you it's know. just uh, like poignant and. It's very and poignant. Stuff. It's yeah, it's definitely poignant, powerful, and moving. Yeah, PPM. Uh, <laughs> as nobody calls it. 
Well, our listener does now. Uh, yes, PVM. Uh, th- in fact, there's uh, two plosives in there to test your pop filter, <laughs> which I don't have. Yes. Um, so, there, yeah, leave no trace. Yeah, it uh, sounds really good. I want to see, see where it's available. I would never persuade my wife to watch it in a million years. Uh, where to watch? Anything with a hint of poignancy and she is out. Right. Uh, search for movies. Leave no trace. So I've been consuming some media while you look okay. things up on the internet. It is available on... To stream, it's available on Now TV. Uh-huh. That's the Sky uh, thing. It is. Um, and to... Uh, yeah, so Now TV and Sky Go. And to buy... From Microsoft, Google Play, Apple, Sky, Chile, Rakuten, and YouTube. So available from various different outlets, okay. but not not available on Netflix or Prime, okay. which is a shame. But uh, highly recommended. But it is available on disc as well, so you can get it on Blu-ray and DVD. If you so wish. And it's rated PG. Right. Which is good news. <laughs> For a change. I think most of the stuff we talk about is like 15 or 18 rated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good, good, wholesome family. Yeah. Film no, it is. It's a good, wholesome family movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'd show it to my, to my son. I think he'd enjoy it a lot. Actually, I showed him on the subject of films to show the family. Um, I showed him, um, oh, Woody Allen film from a few years ago with Kate Blanchett. Oh, man, it slipped my mind. I don't know. Uh, uh, is there a film called Manhattan? Uh, no, it's not Manhattan. He Blue did Jasmine. make a film called Manhattan. Blue Jasmine. Okay, okay. So I showed him that and he was really blown away by it. Right, right, right. Performances in it are just incredible. Right. Uh, yeah, we should talk about that at some time in the future. He's, anyway, he's that's leaves no trace. Yeah. So I've been consuming some media. Okay. Um, as I've been telling you on our chat, I've been playing a lot of Trials Rising. Yes, I've I've given up on that. <laughs> it's uh, it's a motorbike game um, viewed from the side, just like one of those ancient games that you played on your. Well, you didn't even have phones, it. but. I had one, one of those um, ancient games that you, of which you refer, on the Atari Lynx. I don't right, know if right, you remember right. that. No, I don't. Um, so the, yeah, I had I had a, uh, I think it was a BMX game. Yeah, that's the kind of thing they were. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so basically, almost almost um, wireframe, but not quite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've got one on my phone that's really in that tradition of like properly yeah. basic graphics and you just it's all about just like lean forward lean back and accelerate basically uh, and yet you can do all kinds of crazy tricks and things like that yeah so trials rising is, is the exact same game just with really beautifully simulated physics and really beautifully rendered 3d graphics but the gameplay is still completely 2d and um, you can get if you put enough hours into it, you can become extremely skilled at it, and the tracks get yeah. harder and harder. Yeah. Um, yeah, shockingly hard, and they're very frustrating. And then people 
do them easily because they're amazing. So that is a lot of fun. But unfortunately, last night I unlocked the extreme tracks because I've been playing oh, yes. too well. <laughs> <laughs> so today I had a yeah. quick look at the extreme tracks and uh, it's impossible to even get past the first obstacle. It's ridiculous. Really? Okay, that is tough. Maybe the second Is it almost obstacle. vertical? Is that why? There's all kinds of just, yeah, just huge jumps that you have to get over. And then once you've landed, you have to like land on one wheel and, you know, flip over this and that before you get to the next checkpoint. And it's yeah, just, they are difficult. It's just so hard. Insanely difficult. Also, something else that we've been consuming is a series that is on iPlayer at the moment called Devs. I love Devs. D-E-V-S. Yes. In caps, so, devs. Yeah. So my uh, my conclusion on devs is um, took itself way too seriously mm-hmm. and deeply questionable sci-fi, but we did keep watching to the end, so it can't have been that bad. <laughs> I um I thought episode one was a bit meandering, but I thought episode two was cracking, but I haven't got any further than that yet. Oh, okay. I'll, I won't spoil it for you then. No, please don't. I mean, I, I think um, it's interesting actually watching devs after having watched that movie Annihilation that I talked about, I think it was last year, maybe the year before. No, no, it was not even that. So I think it would have been 2018. I talked about Annihilation. Um, so that's an Alex Garland movie mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. went straight to Netflix. Uh, but he also made a movie called Ex Machina. Which oh, yeah. or X Machina, depending on you know I think how I've you pronounce that. that. Uh, which I enjoyed, uh, mm-hmm. and it's interesting mm-hmm. looking at devs, how Alex Garland now has a visual style. Yes, and about him that you can spot, and a, and a sort of the way right. that his stuff hangs together is very distinctive. And he he is happy to go as slowly as he wants to. Yeah, to which use is fine. The weirdest his music stuff. that he wants to. It's his stuff, and. Yeah. Uh, I I I applaud that approach rather than the kind of um, let's do everything at a thousand miles an hour because people have terrible attention spans these days. Yeah, so it um it feels self indulgent in places. The central um idea, which you haven't got to yet, like the the sci fi idea, yeah, um, is based on some interesting thinking that's really worth thinking about, but it doesn't actually work. So that's. Uh, disappointing for me, you probably won't be bothered. Maybe. We'll see. But, um, I haven't watched any more Knots and Crosses yet, though, so we can't talk about that. Ah, we finished Knots and Crosses as well. How did it pan out? Um, I won't spoil anything about it for you, mm-hmm. but you're already aware that it changes quite a lot from the book. Yes, although I haven't read the book, so I don't know okay, okay. Well, it, what that um, refers to, really. It continues along that track. Okay. And right. my daughter wasn't as keen on on what it did compared with what the book does. Okay. Um, mm. I I liked I liked I I really liked the book, and I felt like the series evoked the book for me. But I think w- when you started saying it was a bit obvious, mm. that kind of made me think. Well, yeah, probably if I was just watching the series, I'd probably think I might think that. Mm. But because I but- I was introduced to it much more subtly by the book. So is the book more nuanced? Well, it takes a long time for you to really work out what's going on in the world. Mm. Uh, whereas in the series, it's pretty clear you're in an apartheid 
type situation almost right. immediately. In the book, oh. it takes a lot longer to figure out. Now, speaking of that, we watched a movie last night. Actually, no, over, we watched it over two nights. Called it A United Kingdom. I've heard of that. Um, which was incredibly underwhelming. Oh. Un- unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. It's a really interesting subject matter. So it's about a the prince of uh, what we now know as Botswana, mm-hmm. uh, who's living in London. He meets a British white British woman and they fall in love and they get married and they move back to now I'm trying to think what it's called Betchwana land I think before it was called Botswana and uh, she encountered in fact they both encounter what what we would consider to be racism and also like reverse racism mm-hmm. uh, and we have sort of moustache twirling British diplomats who are up to no good and politicians who are up to no good. It's a really interesting story because it's all about, you know, the end of colonialism and the breakup of the British Empire. But it managed to be just really dull (laughs) and just not really deal with anything in a really interesting or dynamic way, Um, which was a real shame. Yeah. A real shame because it's a really interesting story and it, you know, it has a lot to say about modern society, even though it's set just post-war. It starts in 1949, I think, and then moves through the 1950s. Mm. Yeah, dull. All right, so listen, if you have um, kids at the kind of young adult phase, or if you yourself are a young adult, or if you're an adult who can tolerate young adult fiction, <laughs> yep. um, Knots and Crosses, highly recommended, and if you... If you're interested in, uh, like, getting a increasing your understanding and your empathy for people in a kind of racial discrimination situation, uh, mm. it's pretty valuable. Um, there's a bit of there's a tiny bit of sex in it. So, <gasps> Outrageous! Um, you know, if if you don't want your younger kids to read that, then wait a little bit. Well, I'm sure they would have covered it in school. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's it's nothing to worry about. Right. Well, we'll, I wasn't... Get loads of, we'll get loads of messages now saying, you told me it was nothing to worry about. <laughs> well, if, it, if you're worried, yeah, maybe read it yourself first. That's a, that's a fair comment, yeah. Unless you're a vulnerable young person, in which case maybe get um, an adult that you trust to read it first. Hmm, okay. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's all I got actually. I'm trying to think if we've been watching any other. Uh, we haven't watched any more Killing Eve yet. Right, we're so, about to start on Killing Eve, having finished Devs. Right, but everyone okay. has panned Killing Eve in the. Yeah, press. I thought episode one was episode one of series three was pretty dull, and it's hard to know where they're going with it. Really. Right, I'm sure they'll go somewhere. Well, they've got to, but. I just don't know where they can go, if you mm-hmm. know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Try not to race through Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, re-watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine with my son. Oh, that's so satisfying. That, that's a chance to watch yeah. it again. Yeah, definitely. Any chance to watch it again is good. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, that is all I have. Cool. Well, that's it then. Yes. Any plugging? Uh, no. No, not this week. You? Cool. Um, I have a secret project I'm working on. I'm hoping within the next couple of weeks it won't be secret anymore. Oh, okay. That's what I'm plugging. I look forward to this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's that's it, listener. That's it. Thank you very much. See you next time. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs>